just New Jersey has the pirate perch, and it's only found in the southern reaches of the state towards the Pine Barrens. They are completely nocturnal and pretty much only come out at least two hours after darkness. Otherwise, they bury themselves as far under the riverbank as they can go. Now, is there a big visual difference in a pirate perch and a regular perch, or is it mainly that the R is a hard R? Welcome to NJ Multispecies Podcast. I'm Joe Santiago. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's my uh, that's my best Joe Santiago impersonation. Uh, this is Chris Pereira, and Joe is not here tonight. Uh, we have a special guest co-host, Kevin Meininger. I can do my Joe imperson- impersonation. Let's see it. Oh, I'm just eight inches shorter than normal. Oh, all right, nice. <laughs> So we don't have Joe tonight. Uh, this is episode number 28. I almost forgot. Uh, where the hell's Joe? Last I heard, I got a text from Max saying he was last seen being drugged under a bridge by the River Gnome. So I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to sort that out when we're done here. Is that true? Yeah, I think he, he might be with Garrett right now. So Garrett Daniels, the River Gnome, uh, future guest on this show, possibly kidnapped Joe Santiago. Is that what you're saying? It's possible. Motives are yet to be known. Well, we'll we will look into this and we will uh, get some information back and hopefully get back to you guys with uh, the real story. Uh, until then, so uh, fishing reports. Kevin, did you fish this past weekend? This past weekend was a complete wash where I live out here by Basking Ridge. The Passaic River was up out of its banks for most of the time, so I wasn't going anywhere near that. And I just don't care about fishing this time of year enough to get soaked like that. We had an inch of rain in like a couple hours. So the guy that I get to co-host the show tonight does not care about fishing right now, is a giant pussy, and does not want to suffer for the fish is that what you're saying also had my daughter's four-year-old birthday party and you know i i made a strong argument but my wife didn't think fishing was yeah you should have led with that um (laughs) anyway so a couple of the guys uh not you nor me uh made it up there you because your daughter's birthday party uh, me because I was waiting on another trip that also didn't happen, but a couple of guys, bunch of guys from Mayhem Group headed up north, upstate New York, and got in on the actual Mayhem salmon fishing up there. <laughs> i tell you, the pictures and videos we got from that, it was, that's some serious mayhem that goes on up there. Yeah, it, it looked a bit much. It looked like trout opening day in New Jersey on some kind of experimental steroids. Um, but I mean, plenty of fish were hooked. Uh, not as many were 
landed, but that's just the way it goes up there. I mean, there's just guys everywhere. Um, everyone survived the trip, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, I, I was up salmon fishing the weekend before in a much uh, calmer manner behind the lodge we were staying at. Uh, <laughs> it was much tamer, but uh, it definitely looked like some anarchy up there. Uh, and I, I wish Joe was here to tell this story that I heard. Uh, I'm sure you heard it too. So, and add in any details, but apparently on, on the, on the trip up, uh, Max kind of came clean with Joe and, and just almost broke into tears about how happy he was just to have gotten this new group of friends from, uh, the podcast and, and the Facebook page and, and all that did yeah i believe he used the words it's changed my life with a with like you could visibly according to joe visibly see yeah. the tear he, he in was his red eyes definitely yeah. watery and uh yeah, hey you know what like he's kind of he's doing what we we made this podcast and the Facebook group and all that, we, we made this all so that people had another way to kind of network with other anglers and, you know, find people to fish with, talk to people about fishing, all that stuff. So. Oh yeah. I, mean, I text every day with people. I didn't even know eight months ago. Oh, look at this. I mean, you're you're co-hosting a podcast uh, last second because Joe just disappeared. Kidnapped. Yeah. Yet to be determined. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't go up. I was actually planning on going for one of the species that I've never caught, sheep's head. Uh, I had uh, one of our, our past guests from a couple of weeks ago, Scotty Sevens, he left Saturday, Sunday, and Monday open for uh, me and Katie to come down and try to catch a sheep's head. And the freaking storm just would not let up. It just, it just ruined the whole thing. I, I held on hope, just waited to see. And it just, he had to pull his boat out of the water. Uh, he got it back in. He checked around. He couldn't find any signs of sheep's head and he, he said that usually a storm like this could be the end of the sheep's head season for that year. So uh, basically anytime I try to catch a new species, uh, mother nature just shoves it right up my ass. I was getting ready to try and catch some hybrids from shore on Friday night, right as that storm was starting to roll in before it got heavy. And naturally I find out from my wife that, the catering was messed up for my daughter's birthday. So I went from like in my truck, ready to go hybrid fishing to cooking for a bunch of four and five year olds. That, isn't that just hot dogs and mac and cheese? Like, what do you mean? I had their parents coming over too. Well, too bad. You're at a kid's party. You eat kids food. That's fair. I had beer, so. There you go. Hot dogs and beer. What, what do they want? Just, you know, not for the kids. Kids just get the hot dogs. <laughs> um, man, you're full of excuses for not fishing, but uh, I do have 
I have one one piece of good news as far as my fishing goes. Before the storm, before I waited for the sheep's head and was disappointed, uh, I did get out musky fishing. So Mark Madosky, back in New Jersey now, totally moved back into New Jersey. Uh, he texts me. Uh, his boat is still down in the Washington, D.C. area uh, because me and Joe are actually going back down with him uh, at the end. I'll double check. I think at the end of next week, we're going back down with him to get his boat, but we're also going to fish for blue catfish down there on his uh, stomping grounds down there. But... So he, he doesn't have a boat up here yet. He texts me, says, hey, dude, like, uh, let's get out fishing. I said, uh, what do you want to fish for? I could I could uh, jump out there for the afternoon. So Thursday afternoon, we meet up, and he wants to go musky fishing. Dude, I haven't musky fished in over two years uh, just because, you know, I don't know, no one ever wants to go. And it's just something I think I've mentioned before that I just don't normally do by myself. I don't know. You've done any musky fishing? I've never caught a musky. I've never tried to catch musky. The only musky that's ever even been caught while I was present, we were fly fishing for shad on the Delaware. And <laughs> one happened to take a shad spoon. All right. I, did you I mean, land it? Something... insane. That, it they took land it? 45 minutes to catch that fish. We landed it. Yeah. Yeah, he landed that. Dude, it's it's crazy. I've I gotta be I guess you too. You and I gotta be the only two people that have never caught a muskie by accident. It feels like it. Like I've never I've never caught a muskie by accident. I've hooked them by ass by accident, or at least I assumed one. Uh, some of them I've seen, others have just felt heavy and then cut the line, and I just assumed it was bigger than a pickerel and it's a place that doesn't have pike. I just assume it's a muskie. But like they always cut me off and you hear all the time. Ah, yeah. I hooked a muskie on four pound line, six pound line. And like, how the hell did you land that thing? Just like the amount of luck that you need to get that thing is crazy. Anyway, I've lost fish ice fishing on waters that don't have pick or don't have pike. And it had to be a muskie, but I don't tell these stories. Like I've, you know, I've hooked one. I fought one. Because you'll never know. You're ice fishing. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, so I was kind of excited that, like, this Mark was a huge musky fisherman when he lived in New Jersey. And so it kind of is like a boost to, to your confidence that, hey, I think we could have a successful trip if he wants to go. Uh, so that's what we did. And I want to. I mean, I want to say maybe 20, 25 minutes in, you know, we're throwing some lures around. I, 20, 25 minutes in, I just, I don't know, I just, I switched my lures. I, I felt like, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to try something else. I switched to a big musky spinnerbait and no joke, maybe within the next 10 casts, I get nice hit, set the hook, bring a real nice musky to the net. Um, and the best part of it was, and I think I even, while I was fighting the fish, I think I even just yelled out, ah, fuck Joe, (laughs) because 
<laughs> Joe went out of his way to tell us we weren't going to catch shit. <laughs> when Joe found out me and Mark were going musky fishing, he said, "Ah, oh, you guys are getting skunked." And Mark and Mark said, "Nah, we're going to get at I guarantee at least one." He 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 Babe Ruth guaranteed one musky. And then he went on and he said, "You know what? Probably probably 3 maybe." I said, you got pictures of that fish up on the mayhem page, right? Another funny story. I cannot post anything to the mayhem page for another couple of days, but you know how that goes. <laughs> uh, I did, sh- I did share it from the, po- the podcast page does have that picture. Uh, ju- and so anyone listening that isn't following the podcast page and is just uh, a mongrel on mayhem uh yeah you didn't get to see it yet (laughs) but uh i put on the podcast instagram page i put it on the podcast facebook uh page but no it's not in the mayhem group as soon as i am uh unshackled from the facebook please i i will put it in the group um but yeah so so he literally babe ruth these musky and uh i got a nice picture of it it's a real nice lengthy fish healthy fish um it actually tangled the spinnerbait in the net really bad and we had to cut the lure to get it out quickly and took the picture real quick and i put it in the water just because it took us a little bit extra time to cut the lure and get it out of the net and i was gonna quickly measure him but he just or she just uh kind of power tail slapped my arm and just took off so was released nice and healthy did not get a a length on it but it was i mean if i had to guess uh high 40 inch range i don't think it was a 50 but it was it was up there i think um one last part to the story right so so we're we're all pumped up right we keep fishing nothing for the next couple hours we we hammered the crap out of all these spots and i was just like no you still babe ruth like you guaranteed a muskie and that was a nice fish he's like yeah yeah he's like he's like you know if it's all right with you i i think this was a nice day we got a nice fish he's like i if it's cool with you it it wasn't quite sun sundown yet we could have fished for another 30 minutes maybe and he's just like i i think I think I'm, you know, I'm good. If it's cool with you, we could be done. And I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got one. And like, it would have been nice if you got one too, but uh, yeah, we could, we could be done. It's, it's cool. And he just goes, and he goes to put his rod down and then he just stands back up and goes, well, last cast. And he just whips a cast like right by the boat ramp. Cause we're right there ready to like, go. he hooks a damn muskie on <laughs> after he did it. <laughs> it wasn't a big one it, it was just a normal size maybe 35 36 inch musky right but like i'm like dude i don't think i've ever seen a successful last cast fish right like i mean have you the only thing that holds more weight than mark saying he's or mark doing what he says he's going to do when fishing is you having to sign autographs when you go into a shop right that's a that's fake news we're gonna discuss that later 
look, some guy asked me about fishing in ShopRite. I, I didn't recognize him. It's probably my fault. I probably know the guy. I, I have no idea. But um, if he's listening, let me know who you are because I didn't get a good look. I, I wasn't. It took me by surprise. I don't know. But anyway, nice try trying to change the subject. Back to the muskie. Have you ever seen a successful last cast fish? Like a real, like one last cast and it catches a fish? No, never. Unless you count trolling, you know, the last 45 minutes in a circle. Sometimes you get one there. Oh, that's that's just you, one last cast. Uh, trolling, that doesn't even count. Almost one, none last, of one last lap. Almost none of my casts catch fish. The last one's not going to be any different. <laughs> but even, I mean everyone's done the last uh we should go well last cast and then you take 20 30 more casts maybe you catch a fish during that time frame i've never actually this guy mark was done he was done fishing and he just oh what last cast i just it caught up in a muskie nonetheless like bring it in probably wouldn't even you know he takes a picture of it just be, I mean, his last cast muskie, his first muskie back in New Jersey after he's been away for all these years. And I'm just like, do we keep fishing now for the third? Because you did say maybe three after you guaranteed the one. <laughs> and, I mean, we laughed a little bit and no, we just, we actually left. That's also probably the only time I've ever left after catching that last fish yeah my first muskie is going to be entirely uneventful it's going to be caught on like a saltwater rod fishing for catfish with super heavy tackle i'm not even going to know it's on the hook it's going to be like a 12 inch muskie you you know what i'm going to try mark's babe ruth method you're going to catch a muskie this weekend this coming weekend during the catfish contest i hope so because these these little noodle arms aren't going to bring in a game-winning flathead. Well, I'm just segueing into this catfish tournament. So this weekend, uh, got a big catfish tournament uh, to benefit uh, Deva. So if anyone missed it so far, we're living underneath a rock and you don't know what's going on. Uh, Dave had some cancer come come back that he had previously beaten uh we're hoping he's gonna beat it again and to help him and his family out uh laura yeats is running a catfish contest on the delaware river uh it's this coming weekend um all the information is posted pretty much everywhere you really have to be living underneath a rock to not know about it at this point but if you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask, drop a comment. We'll, we'll respond, send an email, or go on the Facebook page, uh, NJ Multispecies Mayhem Fishing on Facebook. Um, all the information there. It's, it's this Saturday. I believe it starts around 1, noon or 1 in the afternoon. And it goes till I think you have to weigh in your fish by 1230 in the morning. Is it twelve thirty or one? I saw both times. Uh, I I think one is kind of like the meeting time where they're gonna like announce the winner and stuff. That was my understanding. 
and I think I think you have to physically have your fish weighed in at the hutch by uh, thirty minutes after midnight. Oh, well, then let's go with twelve thirty, so no one shows up at one and blames it on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, you're not blaming me for that. You catch a winning fish, you bring it in and get it weighed in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so all the you know the proceeds are are going to help Dave and his family uh, with this round two battle. And uh, on top of that, uh, we we have a Yeti cooler that we're raffling off. Um, you could buy tickets again for twenty dollars a ticket. Uh, all the information is you got, you got to do it through one of the outlets, either the Facebook page. Um, if you don't have Facebook contact us anyway, like we'll, we'll connect you with Laura. Uh, if you want a, a raffle ticket or whatever you want to do the contest, like contact us in any way you can, uh, email comment below. We'll, We'll uh, hook you up with with her and and get you what you need. Um, other than that, so bear with us because Joe usually does this, and you know, like Kevin said, he's under a bridge somewhere, most likely. But uh, by the time this episode airs, fluke season will be closed. All right, fluke season closes September 27th, I believe, right? That, so that's yesterday from when this airs. Yeah. I know it's always confusing because we, we uh, pre-record the episode. But so fluke season is closed. Um, all the saltwater fishing is pretty much going to turn to sea bass and porgies. And after the storm came through uh i'd be willing to bet the striped bass fishing is going to get pretty good as well uh i did see a couple of reports roll in so um i know captain ron's fisherman is going to be out there as soon as fluke season closes there's a couple of days before sea bass opens um he's i don't want to speak for him but he usually switches over to porgies and then sea bass if the sea bass aren't, if the sea bass fishing isn't good, uh, he's going to porgy fish. Uh, and obviously, if the stripers come through and get on them from from the party boat, they're going to be doing that as well. Um, you you do any saltwater fishing, Kevin? I dabble. I usually only saltwater fish when uh, someone invites me to either go from the surf or wants to bring me onto their boat. I don't do it too much on my own but i have gear someone someone wants to reach out and take me on their boat i have all my own stuff i'll go with you yeah oh i'm not inviting you i was just i didn't want to go with you this is for any of the viewers that can outfish you oh well i just wanted to make sure you didn't think i was inviting you with no me. absolutely not is, is this your your daughter whose birthday it was yeah this is my daughter i just turned four brooke you say hi happy birthday Thank you. You're welcome. Daddy blamed you for not fishing this weekend, you know. Would you have wanted to go fishing with Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> See? Well, there you go. You say, oh, my daughter wants to go fishing for her birthday, and then you go. We'll go fishing this weekend, okay? <laughs> uh, so before we bring our guest on, uh, just real quick, 
Uh, our guest next week is a uh, fly fishing guide for Lake Opac on guide service. In case you missed it, uh, Aaron Graybill has extended uh, his Lake Opac on guide service trips to include fly fishing lessons and trips with uh, Matt Calfano. So we're going to have Matt on next weekend and I wanted to confirm this with Joe, if we could find him uh, soon, hopefully, but I think we're planning some kind of pretty big giveaway to go with uh, Matt coming on as a, as a guest and talking some fly fishing, which is definitely Joe's wheelhouse and not mine, but do you fly fish, Kevin? I do that significantly more than I saltwater fish. I have an uncle who's really into it. So fly fish for a shad a lot, trout up in North Jersey. Um, every couple of years I go up to Martha's Vineyard for a striped bass. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I thought I, was, I, thought I was zinging you again. I, I didn't realize you actually did fly fish. No, I have a real nice stretch of river, like a mile and a half from my house. I don't live that far from you. So that means it's pretty close to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably under 20 minutes from your house. Not a lot of pressure there. Are you inviting me fly fishing? We'll see. A lot of episode <laughs> left. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think that's pretty much everything that uh, I wanted to go over. So let's go ahead and uh, get our guest on here. So our guest tonight, Kevin, is uh, he's he does something really unique. It's something that I've never done. Uh, I may never do it. I know you do it a lot by accident. Um, catches a lot of tiny fish, but not regular species, right? He catches these super unique species, uh, species that you can't really catch by accident. We're not talking about like five-inch perch stuff like that but he's basically like a species collector um i'm really excited to talk to him because it's something that i don't really know anything about it's it's real cool uh we got drew from instagram his instagram is fish bro what's up drew it's going. hey drew nice to meet you pleasure this is kevin uh he catches a lot of small fish too but not on purpose my specialty is two-inch perch on three-inch lake trout jigs. I really had a good hand at that this summer. Oh, that's money. <laughs> so, so Drew, um, you're—I mean—is it say is it true to call you like you're a species collector, right? I mean, sure. That's not well, a bad way to describe it. I mean, you—you you played Pokemon when you were a kid. Let's be honest, right? You, it's basically how this started. <laughs> I mean, except so, I abandoned it by age eight. Yeah. Um, so in all, like, you catch you catch normal game species, species that we all fish for as well. I've I've seen you catch all them, but it's it's these other species that's that are really interesting to me, and I'm sure other people that. I mean, just to be honest. I'll probably never target these, even though it's so interesting to me. Maybe I will one day, but I am super curious to find out more about it. Um, 
I know you you fish all over the East Coast, or do, do you pretty much stick to the East Coast? At this point, it's all over the world. I've been micro fishing in multiple countries. Um, I'm planning new trips for new countries coming up in the next year or so. And we'll see how much we can expand my life list. That's awesome. I I wasn't aware you traveled that much too, but so we could probably, you could probably write a book about this stuff. Uh, is, Is there a book about this? Like what's your guide? to getting like what was your guide to getting into this did you just kind of jump in start winging it or did you have a mentor? after i loved catching new species and keeping track of what species i was catching and after a couple years of running through the fishes of new jersey fishes of new hampshire i began to realize that for the efforts i was putting in i wasn't getting the yield anymore because i was literally running out of species to catch Right, And at that point, I decided, let's see how small we can go. And I went to the local fly shop and they'll sell bear hooks that you can tie a fly for like a size 22. And that's plenty small to catch most of the the micro species in this area. And that started maybe 11, age 11 or so. And since then, it's been just year after year getting new species, new areas, figuring out the patterns. And at this point now, I've caught every single freshwater species of fish in New Jersey that can be readily accessed. Really? Because I was going to ask you, you've literally caught every species, no matter the size, small, big, whatever. You've caught every species that is available in New Jersey? All but three. The only reason the other three aren't accessible is because two are in a private pond in New Brunswick and another one is in a private pond in Madison, New Jersey. Are we talking about like those fish that aren't supposed to be there? Yeah, the uh, Asian swamp eel, the big head carp and the silver carp. I've caught silver carp out in Indiana. Okay, but just specifically. So you know these fish are in are in New Jersey mm-hmm. somewhere, but uh, I know exactly where they are, and I know I can't get them because fishing is not allowed in those water bodies. Uh, they don't really count anyway. It sounds like. Um, so, all right. So here, here's. I kind of want to ask you some questions based on assuming that people listening to this, there's going to be some people that want to try this, maybe. Um, I know my buddy Brandon is interested in it. He he started kind of doing it on his own recently. I think he even made a brand new separate Instagram for himself where he tries to catch him. Um, he's he's been he's been getting it done. He's he's off to a good start for sure. But um, so you said you to get the hooks that are small enough to target these tiny species, you're gonna be able to find them at a fly shop. I'll pull the introductory level into microfishing. Once you become a bit more serious, there's another pack of hooks that you can invest in. They're from Japan, and the hooks are called the Tanagos. They are the smallest hooks available on the market. They are, if you know what a size 30 hook is, they're smaller than that. They have a hook point that is barely two or three millimeters long, and The line attached to them is, I think, 0.5 pound test. So if you hook into anything on them bigger than three inches, it's pretty much breaking off immediately. Yeah. Um, 
Well, once you get down to knot tying with those smaller hooks and learning how to be, there, there's a certain level of gentleness that comes with tying 0.5 pound test line. And once you get the hang of that, it's game over. You can target just about any small species you would think of. Now, are you pre-tying those hooks to your leaders in a vice at home where you have a magnifying glass? Having that the hook, in the field? The hooks come pre-snelled. So that's an advantage. I don't have to tie the hook to the line. However, you do have to tie the line to whatever rod you're using. I end up using probably about two feet of 10 pound braid just because it cuts through the wind very well. And I'll tie that directly with a, a uni knot to uh, the Tanago line. So, all right. So, what and what size line? This has got to be like the smallest size line that they make, which I don't even know what that is. Is it? less it's less than a pound break strain. yeah like half a pound breaking strain and where do you get that you have to order that special as well i've never even seen that even at a fly shop it comes pre-snelled with those tenago hooks they have to be special ordered um there's one pack available on amazon they're they're okay um the good ones come from japan you have to specifically order them from these from these guys yeah but if some so if someone wanted to get started and didn't want to, you know, uh, bring this stuff in from Japan, if they go to their fly shop, get the smallest hook available and the smallest uh, tippet line, you, you could get started for sure on some of these uh, tiny rare species, right? You don't even need the white tippet. You can just tie it directly to your trout line. Four pound monofilament works perfectly fine. Oh, okay. And, and then you can just sight fish or blind fish for shiners. Now, what what rod are you using a a super lightweight fly setup for this, or just an ultralight, or what do you what what rod and reel are you using for this? You can use just about any ultralight, but what I use is a Tenkara pole. It is the one that's used for fly fishing. I buy a 10-foot one off of Amazon. It is very cheap and very durable, uh, easily replaced in case you accidentally step on it when you're excited for catching something. Oops. Um, <laughs> I guess they are. Oh, yeah. They're very useful, though, especially for the telescopic nature. I mean, it'll collapse down to this size and it'll be a 10, 11 foot rod. You can also fish with it short. So you can pull out maybe two sections and hold it at a 18 inch length and use that for fishing right in front of you instead of just for the long distance. See, Kevin, are you taking notes? Because if you had this stuff on your boat, you could you could sell people on your catching the small fish purposely you've never fished on my boat chris i don't have to do any kind of investment to catch microfish comes naturally <laughs> let me all right drew let me ask you this so um i definitely want to get into a little bit of some of like the really cool super rare species you know get some pictures up on here so people can see but just talking maybe some of the more easily accessible ones, what's, what's one of those? Like if someone wanted to get started, um, maybe not something so common as like something someone would use as bait, but something kind of entry level in New Jersey. What are we talking? What, what species do you think? I think it would definitely have to be the test-lated darter. 
It is a small relative of perches and walleyes. They're in that perch family. The darter is comprised of well over 250 different species, only found in uh, North America. And these darters, I think the largest species of darter only gets to a length of maybe six inches or so. Um, so they're all very small fish. The tessellated darter is very common in New Jersey. It is in almost every river in pretty much south of Essex County. You can find tessellated darters everywhere. Um, they're completely benthic, so they just hop around on the bottom. And unless you're looking for them, no one ever sees them. They're not used for bait because no one catches them for bait. Um, they get about three inches long or so. Um, they do show different colors during the spring, so you can get some ones that are nice chocolate brown rather than their usual kind of freckled tan color. Um, any small piece of worm or caddis larvae on that size 20 hook right in front of their face, like you really have to put it right in front of their face, delete it instantly. And this is not, I mean, you're not catching this by accident. I mean, I guess maybe if you were, if you were drifting a real small, tiny fly, fly fishing, I guess you might run into these every once in a while, or? I've caught two by accident ever in like the last eight years or so. And it was only because they were on beds and I couldn't see them under their rocks. Nice. All right. What about, uh, all right, what, what, if we, what if we get a little bit more advanced, not too advanced, but what's something a little rarer than that in New Jersey that someone can maybe look for? That would have, probably be a pirate perch. Pirate perch are Pirate a, perch, you said? Pirate perch. That's right up there, alley, Kevin. <laughs> they are a very, very ancient lineage of fishes called the Percopsiforms, and those include your pirate perch, your trout perch, sand roller, and your cave fishes. So completely subterranean species of fish. Does New Jersey have, sorry, does New, New Jersey, Jersey have all of those or just? New Jersey has the pirate perch and it's only found in the southern reaches of the state towards the Pine Barrens. They are completely nocturnal and pretty much only come out at least two hours after darkness. Otherwise they bury themselves as far under the riverbank as they can go. Now, is there a big visual difference in a pirate perch and a regular perch, or is it mainly that the R is a hard R? Pirate perch get, um, I think they're maxing out around four inches or so. They're completely slate gray with a very vibrant yellow underside. They only have the one dorsal fin. They don't have an adipose or a second dorsal fin. Um, they also have a very unique anatomy feature. When a pirate perch is born as a fry juvenile, its anus is in its a normal place for any other fish towards the anal fin. As the fish matures, the anus migrates up the body and ends up in the throat. Because when a pirate perch is in its nest, it backs into the nest. And in order not to fill its nest cavity with fecal matter, the anus is here. So it can expel waste without having to fill up its nest cavity. I mean, I saw Kevin's eyes light up when you said anus. And then I don't think he caught anything after that. But <laughs> that that is, I mean, that is weird. It, it's one of the more unique fishes you could find. This is similar to most of the guests on this show. This fish can't kiss its own ass. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I, you know. Well, we're just going to ignore that comment, but 
uh th- i mean that that's really cool honestly so let me ask you this um let's say let's let's leave new jersey for a second what what's the coolest species you've ever caught no matter size place whatever what's what's if you had to pick your number one coolest one what what is it are we talking freshwater or saltwater do you want to pick one from each or sure why not i wasn't, even gonna, I wasn't gonna distinguish i was gonna let you pick one all holy so, one fish but if you want to do one from each it's already too difficult a question all right <laughs> uh, yeah I, um, I hear you let's do one from each let's do freshwater i think easily one of the coolest fish that i ever caught was the spring cave fish uh spring cave fish are another member of the percopsiform family they're related to the pirate perch they live in under- out of its mouth too yeah no 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 <laughs> they they have that normal anatomy um right. they live in caves exclusively in the midwest united states along with four or five other species um the spring cavefish is unique in that it will venture out of its caves into above ground waterways at night to spawn during the summers spawn feed migrate from spring to spring and they're again completely nocturnal fish because they they live in caves there are other different species of cavefish that are completely subterranean never coming out of the caves sometimes being up to half a mile beneath the surface um mammoth cave in kentucky that very famous mammoth cave it has hoosier cave fish in the depths of its waterways so i mean if they never come out of these caves i guess you you ain't catching them well <laughs> you get a spelunking permit you can Did make you, it happen have you done that uh for the spring cave fish i was lucky enough that it was in a um, above ground spring. So I had to uh, just venture into a highway underpass and underneath it at one o'clock in the morning, I found a school of spring cave fish all just muddling along the bottom feeding. I mean, that's, you probably have some pretty cool stories and it's kind of a shame in this way that like, you're you're not catching these giant fish and posing for a picture and posting a picture of a giant fish and that's what get oh pe- oh look at that fish but these are awesome looking fish they're just small and the stories you must have for catching them i mean like that one right there uh it, it's 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 just a shame i guess what i'm trying to say is it's a shame that people probably don't naturally see the small fish and think oh man that's an awesome catch but i mean honestly and and again anyone who's interested in following any of these catches and stories and stuff because there's there's tons of them we're not going to go through them here obviously uh drew's instagram is fish bra which fish b-r-u-h right yep uh, do you have any anywhere else you post any stories or pictures or is that pretty much it i do post in a few facebook groups that are surrounded around north american native fishes microfishing 
Um, one of the groups is the Art of Microfishing. It is on Facebook and it's completely dedicated to microfishing. Uh, it has multiple tutorials on how to get started with microfishing, what hooks to buy, rods, etc. Nice. Well, and, and I didn't wasn't even aware you're on Facebook. Uh, feel free to join our Facebook page as well and post some of these cooler catches. I'm sure guys would like to see them uh, at NJ Multispecies Mayhem Fishing. That's our Facebook group. Uh, most people in there aren't even aware there's a podcast, but that's a whole other story. Uh, a bit uh, like Nanfo. What was that? A bit, a bit like Nanfo, the North American Native Fishes Association. We have over 15,000 members in our Facebook group, and we have maybe a couple hundred due-paying members. <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, people are just oblivious to the world around them, but that's all right. Um, no, it's right, a spelunking so permit. After you get your fishing license, you tell them you want a trout stamp. Do you just ask for that spelunking stamp also, or does that take a little more to get? That's a bit more of a, an access permit. That takes a couple months. You need certain gear, et cetera. And there, um, that's, a, that's a whole another area. There's none, nothing like that in New Jersey, though. This is you yeah. traveled for this. What, that was Kentucky you said you caught that fish at? I caught that the uh, the spring cave fish in Tennessee. Its range is restricted to certain caverns in southern Tennessee. Okay, all right. So that was that was your that's your favorite freshwater catch. You wanted to share your favorite saltwater catch too, because just in case we weren't clear, this micro fishing is not just freshwater. Uh, you catch a lot of saltwater fish too. Um, what's your favorite saltwater catch? You know what, actually. Both it. What's your favorite saltwater micro catch in New Jersey, and just generally speaking, in New Jersey, it would probably have to be the short big eye. Short big eye are an ultra deep water species of fish. They usually live on seamounts. They are uh, just a small group of fish, not really related to much else. Maybe the soldier fishes, but the short big eye will spawn, and occasionally during upwelling currents. You'll have groups of babies wash in to the Jersey Shore and other up and down the East Coast. They are bright, flaming red in color. They have huge eyes, hence the name Big Eye. The eyes are so large, in fact, that you can take a headlamp at night and scan the saltwater, and you'll be greeted with eye shine from this little nugget of a fish, and you can walk over to it and catch it. So you just do you do this in like the shallow, like in the back bays and inlets, stuff like that. Yep, precisely. And they're are these fish pretty common if you're looking for them and trying to catch them, or is it still really rare even if you're specifically targeting them? Most of the rare saltwater species that we get in and around New Jersey are something called tropical strays. Now the tropical strays are normally southern fish. I mean, we're, we can get fish from Florida. Uh, Gulf of Mexico. My buddy recently found a species of fish never recorded outside of the Gulf of Mexico in the Manasquan River. Wow. It was swimming around in a little back bay. Uh, it's called a hardhead half beak. Uh, I, I never caught one. I've never seen one before. He was able to net it. Um, but a lot of these tropical strays just, just wash up as young of year fish in mats of eelgrass, and then they all die off typically by mid October as the water temperatures drop and they don't really have the ability to migrate back out to their reproductive populations. So they ba basically 
they get lost they survive here while the water is the right temperature and then they just die they they don't find their way back it's not a because i know we had a we had a, a guest uh scotty sevens on a couple of weeks ago and he kind of specializes in sheep's head which is also a uh you know a southern fish but they they come up here every year they've kind of and they've kind of established themselves in a way um these are different these fish kind of and and we've seen it we've seen it with all kinds of game species too uh we see more cobia up here uh, every year it seems like it just the warm currents are just must be coming up here the water's warmer for the summer and stuff uh tar I but think that's actually what that's actually representing is a range expansion of several species. Um, Atlantic Creval Jack, which are, you know, your typical Jack Creval, yeah. they're migrating into New Jersey and New York waterways to spawn. And then these young, they've been shown absolutely 100% certainty. The babies that are born in New Jersey and in New York waters are getting up to a size where they can migrate back out to their reproductive populations. And that brings in a lot of questions, especially for gray triggerfish. In Florida, there's a moratorium on fishing for gray triggerfish during their spawning season. In New Jersey and New York, it is a free-for-all. You can keep as right. many gray triggerfish as you want. They're always coming into our waterways to spawn. Same reason that there's a moratorium for them in Florida. And I mean, they're like a spear fisherman's dream. Flat, slow, yeah. and full of meat. Yeah. And I mean, and we kind of touched on this, that same episode that I was talking about with the, with the sheep's head. It's kind of a catch 22, right? Uh, you want to protect these fish. But when you start, you know, one, when you're counting on, you know, government agencies to protect stuff for you, I mean, that opens up a whole can of worms. Uh, that's the first off. Second off, it, it, you know, I, I guess basically same thing we said last time. We, we kind of I wish every fisherman took it up amongst to, on themselves to regulate themselves uh you know i guess it's it's kind of a it's a utopian dream but if everyone kind of you know only provides a slot limit it will be very easy two fish slot limit yeah like if everyone just kept what they needed uh you know 16 to 20 inch good slot keeps enough fish yeah, it's a touchy subject with a lot of guys, but um, and I can see both sides of it. But when you're getting all these fish that are kind of now establishing themselves in our waters, and like you said, a free for all, they're not regulated at all. Um, you know that that has some dangerous implications, possibly. So. Kevin, you want to add anything to this or? I mean, me and my friends, very responsible. We do our best, never catch anywhere near a limit. So you really don't have to worry about us. So again, not by choice. Uh, Kevin is very let's responsible. Keep adding that, but let's just call it responsible. So Drew, uh, I, I asked you before, I didn't give you a chance. Uh, your, so your favorite saltwater species catch of all time doesn't have to be in new jersey 
I think my number one actually came over the weekend. It was this weekend. Yep, I caught after many, many years of searching for them. My buddy actually found the spot after he, we had been on the same journey for many years, and he finally found a population of them in Peconic Bay up in New York. And we went there. Well, he went there and caught one, and then I went there and caught an adult hog choker. They are a migratory species of flounder. That is, yep, they're, they're called hog choker. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad as Eastern Creek chub sucker, but hog choker is pretty bad as well. Um, hog chokers spawn in river mouths and then they're young, which are maybe that big. They migrate as far up river as they can get all the way into fresh water. And then as they mature, they slowly make their way back out to the mouth. Now, this species is reported to have a maximum size of 7.9 inches and my buddy got a 13 inch plus one and i got a 10. so it raises questions as to how big do they actually get and did you did you uh you have a way to document like the length of them like a magnet i know i've seen you you have like a magnified uh container with water that you sometimes take picture of the fish in you have one of those with like a ruler attachment or something or they do sell them. Uh, I usually don't bother because I break photo tanks like you've never seen before. I'll, I'll go through one, one every three weeks or so, <laughs> either from just being scratched beyond use or it gets left somewhere. But so do you, I guess my point is, do you, did you document these two fish, the lengths on these fish with a photograph or something? Do you report it to anyone or? Citizen scientist work is important. Um, who's going to take it in? The best way that at least I do it is I'll put my posts onto iNaturalist, which is it's similar in aspect to fish brain, but less stupid. Um, <laughs> iNaturalist is for citizen scientists. You can upload any living species onto the app. It'll give it its location. If you choose not to obscure it, um, you can put down notes as to the details, catch date, et cetera. Um, you can do it for birds, fish, reptiles, et cetera. I'd use it for mostly fish. Um, I keep a lot of the locations obscured for various reasons. Um, for saltwater fish, especially the tropical strays, there's issues where people like to net them and sell them. Now, it's fine. It is legal. Uh, Seeing a guy walk out with a jar this high full of short big eyes, knowing full well that not one of them will do well in the aquarium trade, but will sell for $250 a pop, eh, not my cup of tea. Um, the hog choker spot is being kept obscured simply because there's a large, <laughs> there's a recreational fishery for them where people actually harvest them for food and they're completely unregulated. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like we were just like what we were talking about before. You know, they're not technically supposed to be here, so nobody regulates them, and people are going to take advantage of it, unfortunately, which sucks. But hog choker is a native species, thankfully. They are found all the way up, as far as I can tell, to the Massachusetts, New, New Hampshire area. Um, they can be found all the way down to southern, uh, central, southern America. Um, so you can catch those in New Jersey. You just were never able to find. The I searched for over 10 years without success. Jeez. They are very common, however, which is the interesting part. If you do 
any kind of trawling survey, dragging large nets, you will absolutely find hog chokers in almost every brackish water body in the state. However, they're incredibly well camouflaged and the water they live in is usually just pure mud. So you'll no chance at seeing them and blind fishing for them, even with really small hooks, not a feasible way of targeting them. Yeah. Huh. Well, I know, uh, I know Kevin's definitely taking notes on the hog choker. Um, I know he's always wanted that as well. Uh, unfortunately, you're born with what you were born with, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drew, uh, I mean, it's all real interesting stuff. It's, it's crazy to think how many species uh there are in new jersey that most anglers most of us anglers will never ever see uh unless we specifically microfish um i mean how, how many species are you up to just before i let you go what's your total amount of fish species that you've caught i'm at 383 now 383 that personal catalog like I, you mentioned the websites but you obscure your locations. Do you have a personal app or website you're using where you can really keep all the data on all the different fish you're catching? I do keep a life list just in a folder of the families, the species, and then a picture of the fish. Um, on iNaturalist, when you do obscure locations, you still can see where you caught it. It's just obscuring it for the general public viewing the app. You're using a paper folder, make sure the government doesn't encroach on your microfish data <laughs> believe me there are many backups in place with many of our life lists there's a lot of us that do this life listing sort of thing and we'll protect that life list uh well i have a file on my computer that has a flash drive backup server can't lose it so he's he's real life pokemon master there's no other way to describe it hey i mean drew it's awesome. Uh, I hope you'll share some of the fish on our Facebook page as well. Uh, you know, and anytime you want to fish for normal sized fish, uh, <laughs> let us know. Well, you know, I know you, I'll take you out for some micros. You know what? We, we could trade trips. Uh, I'll try it under the guidance of you. I don't think it's something that I would take on myself, but uh, I'd, I'd be game to to try some micro fishing under under your guidance sounds like fun and if i know you've caught all the species but if if there's any if you have any desire to catch a very big version of any species we could uh we could try to we could try to single out some of that that's kind of that's kind of what i usually try to do and other times i just fail miserably like kevin does 99 percent of the time uh, yeah, plenty of saltwater targets to play. Uh, to target. Do, do you have a lot of species saltwater that you have? You you caught saltwater species, all of them too, or no? Are you just one? No, not. There's never ne never an end to the number of saltwater species that you even. Can catch. In just, I'm just talking New Jersey. Oh yeah, infinite. Like you can get any species of fish that occurs from here to Brazil during the summer. It is okay, all possible. Migratory. But yeah. native, native New Jersey saltwater species, you have gotten them all. Trying to think of ones I'm missing. Uh, I'm missing most of the sharks. I've never really done much shark fishing. Uh, most There's of the rays. Things. You got to buy, <laughs> buy new hooks for the sharks, I think. 
reinvest. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Drew, uh, it was awesome having you on. It was, it was cool talking about this stuff that uh, I, I bet you most anglers don't even know this is a thing. Uh, I personally didn't until I came across your Instagram a couple of years ago. So I think it's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Uh, and I might take you up on that micro fishing uh, offer. Sounds like fun. Great All meeting right. you, Drew. Alrighty. Pleasure seeing you guys. All right. Take care, Drew. Well, uh, what'd you think about that guest, Kevin? So, yeah, I've got to get out. I've got to try with that what Drew does because it sounds a lot more interesting than catching bass every weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's something that you know most guys, like I said, don't even know existed. Uh, I, I ran across Drew's Instagram again, which is Fish Bra, and uh, not Fish Bra like something you'd wear. The B R U H. Right, like like bro, but in a cool way, like Fish Bra. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I ran across his Instagram a couple of years ago and, uh, it, it's just, it was unique. I mean, it's unique. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It's, it's unique as hell. It, it's pretty cool. Um, these are not fish that you're going to accidentally run into. Um, just real, real neat, uh, sort of sub sub, uh, section of, of angling in general. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. just just found him right now. Gonna give him a follow. There you go. Yeah, anyone who's listening that's interested, uh, definitely check him out. Uh, I'm sure there's other guys that do it, but uh, you know. Anyway, so I guess Joe is not showing up at all tonight. Uh, he Here's left that way. Yeah. Yeah he he left us all out to dry. Uh, this was this was not planned at all. Uh, I, I literally texted Kevin probably two minutes before, uh, we were going to get started. I said, uh, Hey Kevin, you want to, <laughs> you want to guest co-host the podcast tonight? Uh, Joe's gone. I was working on putting my trolling motor back together. Your trolling motor is not supposed to be in parts like this. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like you've had a lot of experience, uh, fixing broken trolling motor parts. That's not your new one, is it? To be fair, it was only new to me. And now that I've been taking it apart, I can tell the guy I bought it from has also had it fixed in the past. So likely I'm the third owner. Is the it, tool is still good, though. I, I, do, I have had to take some of mine apart. Uh, I think I do have spare parts laying around. If you need anything, <laughs> let me know. But uh, as with anything else, which I'm sure you know, um, no matter how simple or easy you think it's going to be or how, uh, that it should be, it's going to be a major pain in the ass. So I, uh, I'm I at the complete rebuild start of this trolling motor. So I thought it was going to be just seals. I thought I was going to get out of it for $20. No, we're, we're invested. Oh God. <laughs> that sounds like an absolute nightmare. So, uh, you could blame Joe for wasting uh some of your time where you could have been frustrated doing that but um luckily the delaware is going to be too fast this weekend for me to need that trolling motor all too much is it supposed to rain again this week 
we might get a little bit of rain and it's going to crest later in the week. It'll be slowing back down by the tournament. I've been uh, assured by Dave and Louie that it won't be bad. Should be good conditions out there. If Dave and if Dave and Lou are saying it's going to be good, then I I am. Who else is very trust? No, I'm I'm confident in their uh, in what they say. So, uh, all right. Well, we're going to look for Joe. Uh, hopefully, everything's all right, and uh, the River Gnome didn't uh, do anything too terrible to him. And uh, Kevin's going to get back to fixing his trolling motor for the weekend, and uh, hopefully, we'll see a bunch of you guys at the benefit catfish tournament contest for dave all right chris thanks for thanks for having me on hopefully joe's joe's out there yeah and and whatever we'll we'll find them or we won't it 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 doesn't matter if he doesn't show up week if i had to yeah if he doesn't show up by next week we'll just have you on again and uh we'll see you at the catfish contest kevin and uh best of luck and best luck to everyone and it's gonna be a good time